As the official healthcare provider of Minnesota United, Alina Health is focused on keeping our loons in top condition. And with expertise in orthopedics, sports medicine, heart care, and more, Alina has the team to keep your family in the game too. The experts at Alina Health take the time to get to know you as a whole person, helping you achieve wellness for your mind, body, and spirit. It's an altogether better kind of healthcare. Learn more at alinahealth.org. everybody and welcome to Sound of the Loons presented by Alina Health Orthopedics or Alina Health and uh, I'm Kinder D. St. Aubin and I get to be joined by a special guest today Tim Ream of the U.S. Men's National Team St. Louis native which we got to throw that in there because I know you were just in St. Louis and you got to wear the captain's armband so first and foremost thank you for taking the time I was just saying before we started recording I understand what your schedules are like, so I know day of game podcast isn't uh, the norm for you guys, so we appreciate you taking the time this morning. Uh, it's not a problem. The, the morning is, is the quietest part of the day for us on a, on a match day, so it's, uh, it's not too bad at all. So I want to just start a little bit with your history, because um, before we jump straight into the national team and what you guys are doing and why you're in St. Paul and all that jazz, I just want to talk a little bit about your career and sort of your path and your journey. So I just mentioned St. Louis, you played in St. Louis for college, Um, you were drafted in MLS to play and you played for the Red Bulls. But what was that like to be back in St. Louis and, and playing and wearing the captain's armband in front of that crowd? Um, it was interesting. I, I mean, you know, you, you think about when, when you're a kid playing in a, in a stadium, right. You're playing in your hometown uh, as a professional. And, um, I don't know that you ever dream or think that, that you're going to do it as a U.S. team, right. As, as a U.S. player, um, you know, and, and then to listen, it's an honor to, to be a captain of, of the team at, at any point, but then to be able to do it in, in your hometown, um, you know, in, in the, the first year, obviously, that, that they have a stadium. Um, and, and, you know, to, to be able to do that in front of people who helped me become, you know, and, and get to the place I am today was just a, yeah, it was a really cool moment and, and something that, you know, in, in a long list of moments in my career will, will be one of the, the ones that, that stick out the most. And when you look at your career and playing club soccer there and you just said it, you know, people that have helped you along the way at different levels and different moments in your life. When you look back at how your journey started with soccer, I mean, take us way back. Like what what made you get into soccer? What made you love soccer? Was soccer always the thing or how did that how did that come about? Because I feel like everybody's journey is kind of a little bit different. Um, yeah, and it's very different now. These, you know, the kids coming up, their their journeys are very different to to mine and, and how it started. Um, I mean, there were no academies when when I was coming through St. Louis. It was just club ball. Um, and and so, you know, for for me, it was always the, the game was always a part of of kind of family gatherings. Um, my dad was a was a coach um, for a long, long time in in the you know in the St. Louis area, and and 
I don't even know. Do they do ODP? He was an ODP coach. I was coach just going to ask you. I was just going to ask you, did you play ODP? Because I, that I was like the thing when I grew up. But, you know, you're, you were, you're way younger than me, but ODP was like my thing. Never. I was never on any ODP, <laughs> ODP team. Um, my dad coached um, long before I was even uh, able to, or at that age, to, to play ODP. And so, um yeah, you know, him being a coach, um, he coached it at, you know, a small school, um, you know, WashU, um, Washington University here in, uh, well, in, in St. Louis. And um, I would go with him to, to you know, to, to see him coach. And I was what, probably six or seven years old. And I just always had a ball at my feet. Um, played a lot of other sports, loved playing other sports as well. But as I, as I got older, I realized that, that I didn't enjoy playing those sports as much as, as I did with, with soccer. And so um, it was just kind of natural and it, it built and built and built. And um, like I said, no, no academies, just played club ball, played with, you know, became really good, good friends, good, a, a really good team with a really good coach and, and Tommy Howe. And um, yeah, went from there, never, never on any youth national teams, nothing, just, just went the old traditional high school club college and and out I went when you look back at that that early journey and I guess what is early for you because I feel like now it's like if if someone hasn't you know started playing on a team by the time they're three or four it's like they feel like they're behind when when you say at what point you started playing and then maybe what point you even started to narrow in on soccer specifically what was that because I always feel like I still preach and I hear a lot of people that are playing at your level now preach that multi-sports when you're growing up is actually super beneficial to whatever sport you end up with at the end. I'm a huge, huge believer in, in multi-sports. Um, and I, I see it a lot. Okay. So for me, it started, I think probably three or four years old. Um, I, I distinctly remember being in, in my, you know, my, my grade school um, and playing on a weekend and the, the teams that were, you know, the school teams, you know, the, the, the grade school teams that, that you had, it was just your grade. Like you weren't playing with anybody else. Uh, teams that were older, a year older, two years older, needing an extra player because so-and-so didn't show up and they weren't, you know, it wasn't that serious at the time. So let's just take the, you know, the little boy who was <laughs> hanging around the, hanging around the fields. Um, and so I remember distinctly remember playing with, with first graders when I was in like a kindergarten or, or younger. And so, that was kind of how it started for me, but I, I didn't narrow down. I mean, I played baseball until I was a, a freshman in high school. I played basketball until I was um, a senior. At, at, you know, when I when I turned seventeen, I was I was like, okay, I'm, I need to to really now just just focus on on soccer. And but yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a huge believer in in multi sports, and I see it all the time with 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 young kids now coming up and, and becoming professionals. Is that they they they've only played soccer right and and so they've only developed certain um you know certain muscle groups in in a certain way they don't you know the basketball where is a lot of cutting um baseball is is very different you use different muscle groups upper body um and so it's yeah i i i do believe that playing playing multi sports is is important for for growth for development but also to be around people who are just different playing different sports who have different interests um and i i find that I mean, I, I have my own kids doing that. They're, they're doing swimming, they're doing tennis, they're doing soccer. They, they, you know, they do a lot because I think it's important to be well-rounded, um, not only physically, but, but off the field as well. 
I always love that too, because I feel like you, you nailed the, like a physical attributes of like, you're just working different muscles, different joints and everything, but the whole like camaraderie of different groups of friends that are playing different things. And you even like playing high school versus club. I feel like a lot of kids nowadays are like, Hey, I'm not going to play high school. I'm only going to play club. And there are some clubs that don't even let the kids play high school. If it happens to overlap too much with the season, I experienced that when I lived in Arizona and I was like, that's insane because I just felt like you're missing out on so much of just like the friendships, the relationships, the team spirit, the school spirit, where high school is so different than, than club soccer or club, whatever sport you choose to be in at the end. So I love that, you know, it seems like you kind of have the same mindset and St. Louis is so strong in so many sports. I've done a few St. Louis games there now for MLS and, you know, there's always St. Louis blues players at the soccer games. You know, the, the hotel they put us in is right across from the baseball stadium. So there's a, a massive sports vibe in St. Louis in general. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's, I think that helps when, when your city has, has a lot of different sports going on. Um, for me, uh, I, I love my, my, uh, again, uh, I have to, to give the caveat that there wasn't the choice. You, you had to play high school there that, you know, the, the club season was, was finished. They, they there was a rule, you, you know, there was no club during, during high school season. And so it was, it was great. Like you said, the camaraderie of, of playing with guys that you go to school with, you know, you, you see them from, from you know nine to three and then you go to, to training and, and practice and you play the games and um it, it builds those you know those relationships but um i'm, I'm gonna stay out of that that club versus, <laughs> versus high school debate because i know it's 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 raging um you know everywhere at the moment and it's it's hard to say you know to tell kids listen you you have to do this and you have to do that and um you know i i think for some it, it makes sense it's for some it, it makes sense to 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 only play club and not play high school for others. It makes sense to, to play high school and, and, and both, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's difficult to, to tell somebody uh, just like it's difficult at, at, you know, they do it over in England at, at 10 and 11 years old, you're, you're not going to be good enough to make it professionally. Well, how can you, how can you say each, each kid is different? You know, each, each kid's goal is different. So um, I'm going to stay out of it. Um, but I just think it's, it's so important for, for kids to, to choose um, and, and be individuals and, and decide on, on their own what they think is best for them. It's probably just like anything in life to each their own. You have to figure yeah. out you know, what, what works best for you or your family. It's like kids going pro instead of maybe going to college in the United States was originally wasn't really a thing. You know, I remember exactly. when Rand did that for the women and it was like, whoa, what is she doing? She's not going to college. You know, she's going overseas and going pro, let alone um, staying in the United States. And I want to talk about a, your move from college to being drafted and then your choice or your decision or being wanted to go overseas. What was that process? Was I, I just read too. I feel like I read that you got married, you canceled your honeymoon and you went over. I'm not sure uh, how that went down. And I thought I read a quote that said, you're still happy. And that was the right decision. And maybe your wife agrees. I don't know, but like, how, how did that all go down and, and come about it? And how is your better half? Um, I'm, st I'm still, I'm still repaying and, and paying, um, all these years later, but it, that is, it's pretty much how it, how it happened. Um, there was a lot of discussion, obviously in, in, uh, everybody knows the MLS season runs, you know, until, um, December, if, if you're lucky, um, if, if you have a good run and at the time, um, it only ran probably until late October because of the number of teams. And so, 
everybody gets married in, in the off season. You get married in, in December, January. Um, and, and we, we were no different. Um, and you know, the, the transfer window coincides with, with January. Um, so, so our, our wedding, you know, happened and, and the transfer window and negotiations were, were ongoing. Um, I remember being at the wedding, being at the reception after and, and, you know, knowing that everything was happening very quickly um and and my agent was there and he's like listen don't worry about it like just enjoy the night and I was like okay fine I'm not gonna think anything about it so I just assumed that there was it was just gonna you know take time um that negotiations were ongoing and and I'd be able to go on the honeymoon and come back from the honeymoon and you know then then everything would happen great that would be perfect timing no, it was it was the day after. It was it was about twelve twelve hours later. Phone call. You need to get on a on an airplane to to head over. And um, I can't say that my wife was was too happy um, in in that moment, which I don't blame her. Um, I was a little bit taken aback and and unsure, but um, yeah, it all worked out in the end. Uh, and and here we are. You know, what is it? Thirteen to 11, 12 years later, um, still over there. So that is a true story. It's it's not one that I uh, I bring up too often anymore because <laughs> <laughs> trying to move past that. But um, yeah, it was it was an interesting time. I, I'll say that. Maybe it's just the woman part of me bringing that up because I can only imagine what you know what that <laughs> felt like. And when I read that you married your is it a high school sweetheart? No, so or we college? met college. Yeah, we met in college. Yeah, we okay. were both at at St. Louis University, so we met met in college and. Uh, um, probably when we were yeah, our, our junior year. So when we were about 20, 21 years old and um, we've, we've stuck it out. So it's been a, it's been a, a long, uh, a good long journey. That's awesome. I can, I can appreciate that. And how old are your kids and how has that been, you know, raising a family and being overseas is what's that experience been like? Crazy. I mean, they were all born over in England, um, which, you know, they, they identify, it's, they identify as as American, but then they they know England is home, and so um, you know they're they're now the oldest one is nine, and I have a seven year old, and then uh, the the younger one will be five in in less than a month actually. So it's it's been good. I mean they they have their own little you know own little set of friends. Um, they're they're at a, a school where there's you know it's it's an international school, so there's a lot of Americans that are that are around. Um, a lot of different nationalities, which is which is great. It exposes them again, you know, off the field exposes them to so many different different cultures and different types of people, which is has been fantastic. And um, I think that's like the one the one thing that we're really appreciative of. But yeah, we're we're away from home. Um, we're away from family. We've been away, you know, since college basically, and um, you know, having that the the tight kind of family knit, you know, the way we are, and and but also have have friends around us. Um, you know, it's, it's been great. It's, it's, it's been hard at times, um, especially when, when I'm traveling for, for, you know, national team and, and, you know, summer games and um, different, different situations, you, you know, like that. But, um, you know, we can't, listen, it's at, at the end of the day, the, the career is short, um, but, you know, it's, it's great being over there. Um, it's, it's great having, having all of them. And, and like I said, being, being a tight knit family and, um, you know, they, they don't seem to mind um, as, as long as they have their friends, uh, as, as we know, kids, as, as long as they have their little social unit, they're, they're, in a, they're going to be fine. They're usually way more resilient than adults and adapt way more than adults. So I can always appreciate hearing those stories because I feel like they just like, they just kind of go with the flow. I mean, there might be a little bump in the road here and there, but they, they don't seem to stress as much as adults do in, in new environments. So that's awesome. 
I want to talk. Definitely not. I agree. Um, I wanted to ask you too about what that was like, you know, getting back to sort of the the full circle national team. You said you didn't play on any youth national teams, and then here you go, all of a sudden getting the call up and and getting a cap. I believe it was in 2010 um, when you were first brought in. What was that like for you? What was that moment like, knowing how your career had gone and how you had seen sort of other people? And did you ever think that was a, a real possibility with the way your journey had gone? Um, no, I think. Uh... Again, as, as I said at the beginning, it's, it's always a dream that like you, you always think in the back of your head, okay, you know, maybe one day um, that would be cool. Like, could I, could I be a part of the national team? Yeah, maybe if I, if I you know, do really well and I work really hard. Um, it was in 2010, it was South Africa. Um, and that was, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was very unexpected. You, 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 you finish your, your rookie year and, and, you know, you get a call saying, Hey, you know, we, we want you to come and, and be a part of the part of the team. And, um, you know, that you've not, you've not taken a, a traditional kind of path where a lot of these guys have played with the, the youth national teams and the, the under 17s, the under 19, the 21, 23, whatever that is. Um, and you've not done any of that. And, and I was not part of any, was never even close to any of it. Um, and so it makes it a little bit more, gratifying that you've you know you've come through and, and done it differently than than a lot of people um than, than a lot of guys who have who have you know played at the the national team the men's national team um level and um yeah i just think it was again it was it was a proud moment not one that i thought oh i'm gonna you know i i can make this stick and and make a you know what is it now 13 years um within the program um you don't ever expect that to 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 be the case but and it just goes down to and boils down to, to working hard and, and continually trying to trying to be better and, and trying to improve. And I think that's the, the biggest kind of takeaway from for me from from the, the career that I've had. And uh, on that career, when you look at how the journey has been since then, since 2010 and still playing overseas, but, you know, these different international windows, these different call ups, these different camps, younger players coming in. Um, kind of this rotation of squad, how have you managed that? And what was even 2022 like? Because that's the most recent thing in people's mind. If they're going to watch this and, and listen to this, they're thinking about 2022 and what that World Cup was like in Qatar and what kind of impact you had on that roster, especially in addition to and with the injury to Miles Robinson and him not being a part of that sort of center back uh, contingency that you guys had for the World Cup. So what was that journey like when you're waiting and trying to keep your game on point for every single call up and window and then, you know, qualifying for 2022 after missing 2018 as, as a country for the U S men's team. And then that kind of that proud moment of how well you guys did in the tournament. Yeah. I think uh, after 2018, you, 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 you start to, try to rethink things and, and figure out what, what went wrong, um, where, where you, you know, maybe didn't do as, as well as, as you wanted to, or contribute the, the way you wanted to. Um, obviously, you know, 2022, you know, you, you, again, it's, I, you know, you start to contribute me personally, and then you kind of get, have to make a, a, some tough decisions, um, in, in terms of, in terms of family and, um, you know, missing a call up and, um, then all of a sudden you're, you're completely out of the picture. Um, so that was, that was tough. But at the, at the end of the day, I thought, well, you know, I, I can't control that. The, the only thing I can control is, is what I'm doing at, at club level. Um, and if that's good enough, great. If it's not good enough, 
then that's someone else's decision. I can't, again, I can't, that's not something I can control. And, and I'm not one that's going to continually call up and, and say, listen, wh why, why not me? Why, why am I not being a part of this, a, a part of this group? And, um, you know, at the end of it, when, when the call does come and it's, you know, unexpected, you're, you're out of the, out of the, the picture and out of the squad for over a year, you're like, wait a minute, I've not been doing anything different now. Obviously injuries happen. You know, Miles, Miles has, has an injury. Chris Richards as well had a, picked up a little bit of an injury. And, and so that, that changed, but, um, you know, I, I, I didn't feel like I was a, a different player or doing anything crazy or, or doing anything special. Um, and then I, you know, I, I didn't feel that from the, the staff that, that they were, completely confident that that I could could help the group even if it was me not not playing you know every single minute um I I felt that I I could be a, a big part of the group and, and help the group in a, in a lot of ways not just playing ways um that obviously you know changed a little bit because I you know when I when I got the phone call I I actually hung up the phone and I told my wife listen if I'm gonna go I'm gonna play and I'm going to play every game that, that we have. Um, and, and no one's going to, no one's going to tell me different. No one's going to, you know, stop me in, from, from that. And, you know, I think I, I owed it to not just myself, not, not my family, uh, you know, that those two are, are important, of course, but to the guys who, who didn't get the chance to the guys who didn't get the opportunity to the guys who picked up the injuries, Miles and Chris, who, who were probably on the air, you know, probably on the plane going to, to the world cup and instead of me and, um, you know, I, I did, I, I sat down and I said, okay, do I want to do this? Can I do this? Um, do they believe that I can do this? And, and when I answered those three questions, it was, it became pretty obvious to me that, that, yeah, I, I needed to go. I wanted to go and, and they, they wanted me to go um, and felt that I could, could be a big part of it. And, and that's kind of the way it ended up. And um, for me, it was just a, a dream come true and something that, that, you know, again, in, in a long career of, of milestones and, and, you know, things that, that have happened, it'll be probably one of the, the highlights, if not the, the top of, of my list of, of things too, that I'll, that I'll always remember. Well, it was obvious when you were there, how you contributed on the field, but how then did you also feel like you contributed off the field? Cause you just stated, you weren't sure if they believed, but you believed that you could bring something to this group and to this team, not just on the field, but off the field with, so with some of those veteran leadership qualities or however you are as a leader, what did you think you brought to this group off the field? Because there are a lot of young players on this or were on that world cup roster. Yeah. I just think it was a, a, a calmness, like if, you know, just to, to be able to take a step back and, and have guys understand, you know, where they are, um, where they were, what we were doing, what, you know, and, and again, it was my first experience at, at a world cup as well. So I, I can't sit there and say, you know, I, I knew what to expect or I knew how to behave or I knew how to act or I, I, you know, I had experienced the world cup. Deandre was, was the only one. Um, and having him there was, was, was really important for, in terms of that experience of, of being there, doing that, having, having, you know, been at a world cup. But for me, it was just being able to, to sit back and, and kind of take everything in and, and help the guys kind of gravitate towards each other even more. So, I mean, listen, everybody on this team is, is, is really good friends, right? They, everybody gets, gets along really, really well, has, has a lot of things in common. Um, I'm, I'm probably an outlier in, in all of that, um, being, being my age. And, 
um, you know, being able to sit down, you know, and, and have different conversations with, with different guys, not just, just about life, just about, you know, experiences about, um, things that were, that were going on that, that, you know, may have been affecting everybody. Um, you know, it was, it was nice being able to, to, to kind of bring guys and, and keep guys level-headed and keep their feet on the ground and, and not think, wow, we're at a world cup. Like this is huge. Um, yeah, it is. But at the end of the day, we're, we're all going out and playing a game and, um, it was just those, those conversations behind the scenes, um, being able to, to, you know, bring everybody, like I said, together and, and, and help everybody just, just be, be themselves and, and, and be calm and, and not have to have to overthink things, I think was, was the, the biggest thing, um, that I wanted to make sure guys, you know, guys were comfortable with. You just stated that DeAndre Yedlin was the only one who had played in a World Cup before. Do you think it helped though and was beneficial that there were quite a few guys on this roster that had played sort of in high pressure situations and leagues overseas? Does that make a difference? Or is is it just when it's a World Cup and, and you're representing your country, it's next level and, and nothing can really fully prepare you for that? Because I feel like in the past, maybe there hadn't been ever a moment where there were this many players that were playing, you know, overseas in a little bit more high pressure situations and necessarily MLS you know we that's we'll leave the like pro rel MLS debate for another day but just did you feel like that benefited the group without a doubt yeah when when you have guys who who played in in big big games um you know Christian in a in the Champions League final guys who were playing in, in top five leagues around around Europe and um you know playing in high like you said high pressure situ- situations um of course it's going to be beneficial are they are they more high pressure in the world cup. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no doubt about that. There's, there's no, there's no higher pressure than, than that. But uh, say for example, you didn't have those guys playing in those games, right? The jump and, and, and the, the gap in the, the amount of pressure would, would be that much greater. And, and I think would be that much more overwhelming to where for us, you know, we, we had so many guys who, who have been in those moments, um, you know, been in, in high, high pressure games and either succeeded or they failed and, and that's okay. But at least they felt that they, they felt the, 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 the anxiety, the nervousness, the, the pressure, the, um, the, you know, the, the eyes of the world kind of watching. Um, I, and I think that's, you know, you can't, listen, you can't replicate a world cup except going to a world cup. Right. And, and, but you can you can replicate pressure um, and and guys being being in those situations as as many guys have been before that, you know you looked at the faces and and guys were like all right you know we've we've been in in these types of situations maybe not this high of pressure but um, we know what to expect we know you know we know who we are what we are and and what we had to do and um, you could see that just in in the eyes you know you didn't even have to to hear you know any anybody speak but just seeing it in guys' eyes, you, you know, you knew everybody was was ready because they had they had been in, in those types of games. It felt that way even just watching from back here, like even during warm-ups or when the the whistle blew, there was like a different uh I don't even I'm not necessarily like a swagger and a confidence, but a like you stated before, bringing a calmness. Like there was like this energy and this feel that like we can, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, and maybe you, you were kind of speaking to that, but it's just even watching it on television and watching warmups. And when the whistle blew, it was like a different sense from the United States men's national team than maybe we hadn't seen before at this level in a world cup where it just felt like we belong here. This is, it's not, you know, I don't know. Did, was that how you guys felt about it? Yeah. I think, I think that the, 
the best way to describe it is that the focus that once we got onto the bus heading to the stadiums, it was, uh, it was, it was not like anything I had, I had seen in, in the group um, previously. Um, and, and I've been a lot, a part of a lot of, a lot of groups. Um, but it was, you know, it, it, it was very, very different in, in such a good way. Like the, the focus was, was incredible. Um, and I think because of the way, way we were set up and, and in the hotel and together for so long, um, we were, we were able to, you know, away from, away from the games, we were able to kind of let ourselves down, um, hang out, just, just chill and, and that allowed us to then once, like I said, once we stepped on the bus and head, we're, we're heading to the stadium, there was just like a, a focus about guys. And, and like you said, a, a calmness, not a, not a nervous focus, but you could just tell like the way guys were, were just like, they, there was just no tenseness. I, I don't, I don't know how or why. I just think guys were, were so confident. Um, and, and again, that goes back to, to knowing who you are and knowing what you, what you bring to the table, what you bring to the team. Um, I think is is really important in in those situations, um, and nobody was doing anything more than 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 what they were, you know, what what their role was. Um, and and when you have that, and everything kind of matches up, and the focus is there, and the intensity is there, um, yeah, we we went into to every game thinking, you know, what, yeah, why, why not us? Why why can't we? You know, why can't we? You know, we play well. Why can't we win? And and that was that was the the you know the whole the whole feeling within the group throughout the entire, um, throughout the entire tournament. Yeah. It felt like you guys, like when you stepped on, you're like, you were going to dictate play. You weren't going to wait and see what someone else did to you and respond or, or, you know, the transition or counter. It was like, you were guys were going to step on there with a game plan and a style and an idea and just like dictate the way the game was going to go, which is maybe, and this not a slight on any other U S men's national team, but it just felt like there was a little bit of a different energy from the group. There was always, you know, you go back to, um, some of the, the, even back to like 94, you know, there was a different sort of fight and energy to the group, but this was like a different sense. And I can't, I cannot think of the right word, but I feel like, you know, exactly what I'm talking about because yeah. you felt it and you experienced it. And was some of that due to the identity and the style and the philosophy and like sticking to the the plan when, since Greg Berhalter had taken over that group, like regardless of maybe some outside criticism or why are we trying? Why are they trying to play this way, or whatever it might be? I mean, there's always criticism. It doesn't matter what you do. But was some of that just like the philosophy, the style, the confidence in the way you guys were going to go about it? Everybody knowing their roles. I mean, was that just sort of implemented from the top? Did you guys feel that along the way? Yeah, I think. Listen, after 2018, and and you know, or not qualifying for 2018, there was there was a lot of things that that needed to change, um, and. You know, it it was we we talk about these these cycles being being full on processes, right? And and it's it's never you're never a finished a finished product until um, you know the end of the cycle and, and the World Cup is is kind of the end all be all. Um, and so it was it was a lot of work. You know, it was a lot of a lot of camps, a lot of a lot of um, you know adjustments. You know, with within the group with uh, at, this attitude adjustments uh, were were a big one. Um, you know, guys. I think guys matured a lot during that that cycle um, leading into into Qatar, and um, I think that was a, a a big big key was that guys came in as what some of them nineteen twenty twenty one years old, similar to now, um, but they were they were very young, um, and they had that swagger then that like oh you know I'm I'm the man, 
well, yeah, okay, you're the man, but you you need to play, uh, be the man within within the group. Um, and I think that was a huge, you know, a huge learning curve for a lot of the guys. Um, and I think it benefited you know everybody because they knew now, okay, after three years, this this is my role. This is this is where I fit in. This is how I fit in. This is gonna, you know, this is what I need to do. Um, you know, these guys were we 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 talk about being a brotherhood and and you know a, a, only a, a a small number of, of, you know, soccer players, youth to professional in, in the U S get to represent the, the, the U S team um, and get to be a part of the U S program. And so, you know, we, we were, you know, just making sure that, that we, we created these bonds and they become, they became closer and closer and closer. And, and, you know, we had the trust of each other. And I think that was the biggest key is that we trusted each other and, and we were going to go out and we were going to do, what what our job was what our role was and and we were going to try to take it two teams and and it was it was just a maturing over you know over years it, it's it's never there's never this like this there's this idea that oh like they should just get it like it just happens and it doesn't it it takes time um and it takes time to put a group together and it takes time to gel and and i think over those three years it, it you know guys like i said really really matured um and became you know, became what, what they wanted to, um, but also understood what, what and who they were and how they, how they needed to play in order to um, get the best out of, out of everybody else around them. Um, and I think that was, that was really, really key. And it definitely came from, from the top, uh, you know, it, for, like you said, for, for all the noise um, for us, that that's what it was. It was noise. It's, it's not anything that, that we control. Um, we control what happens in between the, the lines and, and when the whistle blows. And I think guys understood that and, and, you know, really took that to heart and, and just went out and, and, you know, played their, played their guts out. And I think that was, you know, pretty, pretty evident from, from, you know, the, the group games that, uh, that we had. If there was one moment in that world cup where you can kind of look at and go that, that year was your favorite moment, whether it was a team moment, an individual moment. I mean, it could be something as simple as a tackle. I mean, whatever, like, was there one thing where you're like, God, this is, this is, a great life. Like, this is why I do what I do and put in the hours and the family makes the sacrifices. And you're like, this is what it's all for at the end of the day. Um, I'll, I'll say I had three moments that, that really stick out to me. Um, the first one is um, uh, no particular order, by the way. The mm -hmm. first one is, is Tyler tracking back and, and making a, a sliding tackle. I don't even remember which game it was. I think it was, uh, was it the Iran game? I don't I don't remember either way. Might have been England. I, I'm not sure. So him him tracking back, I think it had to have been probably 50, 60 yards and, and making a tackle. Um, the next one would be actually showing the maturity of the team and and you know what we had had become was after the Iran game. Um, and yes, we were we were ecstatic to go through. We were you know we were we were so happy, but then to see the other side, um, to see the Iran players, the uh, how how devastated they were um, and having pretty much every single one of our guys approach one of them with, with a handshake, with a hug, with a, you know, a pat on the back, a, a well done. I think that speaks, speaks volumes about the, the characters that we have um, within the group, um, which is, which is important. Um, and then the last one, and, and probably if I, if I had to order, this would be my favorite seeing my kids um, and my wife there in the front row um, of that first game against Wales, um, knowing what, what sacrifices they have made and the, the, the things that I've missed um, missed out with, with them and the things that they've missed out with, with me, um, you know, having them there in the front row 
um, cheering me on, you know, seeing them during the warmups was, yeah, it was, it was probably one of those, again, and I keep referencing it, one of those moments that, that will just like, it's just, you know, seared into, into my brain from, from that trip. Yeah. I mean, I think those are the things like that'll just last forever. And like all the time, the energy, I mean, thank goodness for FaceTime. I don't know what we all did before, <laughs> before FaceTime, when you're traveling as much as you are and like, That's just so those, true. or phones with just videos of whenever they're swimming or soccer games or whatever they're doing, like to be able to yeah. share those things um, when you are in a position or in a, in a career and a job that doesn't allow you to be at every single thing all, all the time. So that's awesome. I love that. Um, it reminds me a little bit on an MLS scale of Messi now being here and his kids being in the front row and like yep. seeing like sort of the joy on his face, which I don't know if we've seen that from him in a, in a long time at that level. So it kind of reminds me of that. Like, this is why you do the things you do um, at, at the time you do it. So I want to look ahead quick to 2026. I know you've got Oman tonight, which is crazy that we're talking to you on a game day. I know I already said that and I appreciate it. Um but to 2026, I mean, where do you see yourself in this? I mean, what are you, 35 right now? I mean, almost 36? Is it 36 in October? Yeah. I mean, what yeah. would that be like, though, on your home turf to be wearing that crest and 2026 hosting the World Cup? And you talk about family being on the sidelines and, and there. What what does that look like for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I always, and this has been a, a kind of a, a staple of mine, and my kind of mindset is is trying to set set short and medium and long term. And, and for me, a long term goal would would be to to make that twenty twenty six World Cup team. Um, will it happen? Uh, I don't know. It's it's a long way away. It's it's a long, you know, a long three years. It's it's a it's a long cycle. And um, but that's that's kind of where where I'm at. You know, medium in in the medium term. You know, I'd love to to play in the Copa America next next summer. Um, obviously, we still have to qualify for that, but. Yeah, listen, I, I, I love being a part of this group. I love being a, a you know, a part of the program and, um, you know, helping in, in every single which way that I, that I can. And, and, you know, you know, being with these guys, they, they help me feel young. I know they, they a lot of them and, and some of them, and I joke with them, you know, some of them are, are actually closer in age to, to my oldest than, than they are to me. And, and to a certain, to, to some of these guys, I'm actually twice their age and, and they're, you know, they're only a few years older than, than my oldest. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, listen, it's, it's a goal obviously. And, and, you know, one that, that I hope that, that I can, I can reach, um, you know, and it's, again, it just goes back to, to working hard every day, um, trying to learn every, every single day and then pushing yourself to, to the very maximum. If you don't get there, you don't get there, but at least you, you know, you, you say you, you know, you, you can say that you put that goal out there and, and that you tried. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, I would love to, to be a part of it. Not because it's on, on home soil, not, not because it's, it, it'll be the biggest one ever, but, um, because I had a taste of it in, in Qatar and, and I want, you know, another taste of it. Um, but we'll see. Um, like I said, uh, there's a lot to, that can happen between now and then, um, hopefully a lot more good than, than bad. But, um, yeah, if, if I can, if I can make that happen, then, um, yeah, I think it would be a, it would be a pretty, pretty cool achievement um you know especially at, at what i'll be 38 at the time so um not many not many players can can uh, can say that uh, that happened to them not many field players anyway no, yeah but i think yeah. uh you know i if there's one thing we've learned with um technology and everything else the the way that uh people can take care of their bodies and all the regen and all that stuff i don't know how anybody did it before but <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, probably not very well. That's probably why they, they all finished playing at 33. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate you taking the time so much this morning. Um, I know you've got uh, the full slate ahead and I look forward. I'm actually coming to the game tonight. I live here um, in St. Paul in Minnesota. So my husband and my daughter and I are heading to the game tonight. So we'll be cheering on from the stands and uh, we look forward to, to watching you on the pitch nights. Thank you so much for taking the time, Tim. I really appreciate it. Nice. No problem. Anytime. All right, everybody, that's another episode of Sound of the Loons. Thanks for joining us and stay tuned for another one next week. Looking for a way to get closer to your club? For just $25, Loons fans can join the Preserve, Minnesota United's official season ticket wait list. Waiting usually isn't fun, but this wait list comes with benefits. Being a member of the Preserve gives you early access to MNUFC single game tickets, partial season plans, and group tickets, as well as special pre-sales for other marquee events that come to Allianz Field. Visit mnufc.com preserve to join.